Rolling. <laughs> we don't normally do that, but okay. Rolling for myself, just the one take. Okay, right. thank you. Uh, camera slate. <laughs> Mixed bag, take one. Episode 50 something. Yeah, oh, this is episode 50. <gasps> oh, okay, we're going to talk about that. Oh, okay. yeah, we have to, we have to. We have okay. to. Some films are mediocre. Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, after or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia ora. And welcome to Mixed Bag Where we review the mixed, muddled, meh and Megan Fox films Throughout <laughs> film history Oh my god I'm James I'm Cassandra And I'm Matt and uh, this is apparently, James just informed us, our 50th episode. Oh, my God. Golden anniversary. I know. Milestone. I'm like, who thought we'd make it this far so it, we could be a legitimate podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, legitimate we... podcast that people could like be like, oh, I want to listen to Mixed Bag, but I don't know. I just don't want to start from the start. It's so long, which oh, is great. Yeah. It's exactly where it should be because we were not good at uh, keeping time during no. the start of this process. It's so funny. We actually have evolved the podcast. Oh, we have? Yeah. yeah. We it's got refined. So, you know, yeah. yeah. We know what we doing. I think so. Most of the time. Yeah. yeah. It's still a bit, you know, rough around the edges, but that's the energy you want from the three of us. Exactly. Yeah. Banter. Yeah. Banter, yeah. as they say. Yeah. Scraffy? Who scraffy. Scraffy. Oh, scraffy. Oh, I know her. I, yeah. I, I met her last week. Yeah, scraffy. Yeah, scraffy. Oh, Scrappy Doo. Yeah. Controversial figure in pop culture. Yes. I famously. Like, I liked him like personally. Yeah, I, I feel do. like I didn't know he was controversial. I thought he was just famously disliked. Yeah, I know. Well, famously controlled Rowan Atkinson. To me, because I was um, like I was when I was a kid. I started watching Scooby Doo the cartoons. Yes. So I liked Scrappy Doo as a kid because you were like, I'm a child. He's yes, a child. Exactly. I, I, I relate. Did, did he get introduced like a Poochie like figure? Of, like, I feel a like little bit. A little thing, bit. You know? right. Yeah. And um, he's like the Ewok. Yeah. And I didn't realize that he was hated until much later <laughs> in life. So I was like, well, I mean, get that yeah. checks out. I probably would hate him if I was used to the core cast. Yeah. But, you know. but that's the wonderful Makes thing. Sense. The next generation is just like. Yeah, this is the this normal. One rocks. Yeah, yeah. The same, you know, it's you the know, kids that are going to see the live action remakes of all the Disney films and be like, "That's the one that I grew yeah, up with." Yeah, that's the classic. Lisa exactly. Yeah. It's like you know the Blues Clues dichotomy. Are you a Steve kid? Are mm. you um the second Joe, guy? Joe. Joe. I think it's Joe. And then yeah. the new guy's Josh. One? Oh. Yeah, he's Asian. Oh, that's yeah, nice. He's nice. It's cute. Yeah. Whereas like. Remember, remember the, oh my god! Oh my god! The famous. The famous oh, rumor. I was going to say, the uh, pencil is up the nose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I, I didn't I love that, that we both thought about it. that Steve uh, from Blue's Clues killed himself by oh. putting pencils up his nose. So I knew like, that. He's, he's, fa- he's not dead. No, <laughs> like, he just he's joined just the band. Guy. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. He just got too old to be on children's television and, yeah. you know, wanted to move on with his life, See, which, fair enough. But, you know, Joe, never the same. It wasn't as good as Steve. Do you remember well, who you were when you found out that Blue was a girl? A girl? Oh, my God. Yeah. I think it's a little different with, like, children's shows because, like, the wiggle it's like you have the OG Wiggles and then you have the replacements of like this Wiggle is a girl mm. and you're like cool totally awesome but like there's something about but then they get too old well, there's it's, like but it's the thing is that there's still there's currently new Wiggles but still some all some yeah, OG Wiggles some in there as well and the, 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 the age balance like I think, I think Anthony will not you yeah. know take like, his vice grip away from the yeah. blue Wiggle <laughs> the purple one that wakes up Jeff. Jeff yeah Jeff is still again iconic Asian yeah, yeah exactly know, yeah. heralding it but now he's starting to get to that age he's where not, like, he's not out oh, there anymore no. oh is he gone 
gone for ages. Oh, yeah. damn. Stuck no. pencils up his nose. I'm just... Oh. <laughs> that's why that'll, that'll wake you up. Wake up, Jeff. That's the gritty reboot. Yeah. There yeah. was a saw I saw like on Facebook at one point there was like somebody made I mean James we've been talking about like short documentary subjects. Yeah. And somebody made a documentary about Jeff. They just like interviewed oh. him, talked oh, about Oh yeah, I think like, I heard about this. Yeah, it was yeah. really sweet. It's like a five minute little mini documentary mm, that was on Facebook and it was really lovely. It was just sort of talking about like how the filmmaker was also Asian and was talking mm. about like how like oh you're one of the first like Asian faces that I saw on TV when I was a kid and like, you yeah. know, how did you feel like that impact was on kids and things like that. He seems like a very nice man. That's yeah. Yeah, he's an iconic Australian. Or a, yeah. And uh, Australia has, like, a huge um, Asian population. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, talking of uh, pop corner, fucking Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's our 50th episode. I can't screw anything up. <laughs> no, talking of pop culture, why don't we... This is a perfect time to transition to our pop corner. Pop, 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 pop corner. Okay. Um, <laughs> the energy. Perfect. <laughs> um, Perfect. Every time that I say pop corner, I want to say, or want to say pop culture, I say pop corner. And, and in the other way well, around. Yeah. Those two yeah. phrases are family sisters, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, they hang out together. Um, yeah. I want to go first for pop corner today because uh, I don't have a huge amount, so yeah. I'll just Neither get my out of the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I've been fairly busy and haven't had a huge amount of pop cultural intake oh, in the past why. couple of weeks. Because, mm. uh, you know, I have got a show coming up and doing some rehearsals, etc. Um, but uh, I have been listening to a lot of podcasts, um, particularly because, um, yeah, Jane is away for a couple of days uh, and whenever I'm by myself in the house I just have to consistently blast podcasts well, so you're that, not waiting you know, by the window you know, just waiting, waiting for him to return <laughs> oh, this like is a news to me dog. that's what I do um, but yeah so one of them uh, which uh, James has now listened to as well on my recommendation yeah. um, is called the Polybius Conspiracy um, which is a little Ooh. bit difficult to find um, it's one of those spell, podcasts spell that out for us so Polybius is P-O-L-Y-B-I-U-S mm. Um, but it's a little bit difficult Poly to by find. us. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> because it's on uh, Radiotopia Presents is like the podcast feed and it's okay. like a series of seven episodes that's within that podcast feed and then it changes as a whole lot of mini shows, uh, sort okay. of limited run shows that are in there. Um, but it is a, yeah, a pseudo-documentary, um, which, uh, yeah, if you remember our, our own po- Apocalypse songs is in the same sort of format, mm. um, which is based on an actual urban legend from Portland, like a pre-existing urban legend from Portland about this video game, like arcade game from the 80s called Polybius which um, if you played it it would like mess up your mind and then like, the, the idea that like mm. the FBI were sending people to study kids that had played this arcade game oh, and all these sort of fun kind of men in black <sighs> style like uh, I love this genre of podcast remember the, the halcyon days of like Limetown yes it's very yeah. Limetown um, it's very in that sort of style what's that other iconic one uh, there's a lot of the homecomings very homecoming com- homecoming's yes. a bit different stylistically yeah, 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 but yeah. you know um, so this one it is basically taking black that black tapes is the the one I had on my mind, yeah. yeah. Taking that sort of existing kind of urban legend and then it, it includes the story of this person who who claims to have actually been, um, yeah, sub, like played Polybius and been subject to these people taking him away in the middle of the night. Um, and, yeah, it's really done very, very well, like the way that they interweave actual interviews with actual people and actors that are playing these characters is really seamless and, like, the performances from the people who are actors are really spot on. It feels very... Um, 
yeah, a, a, like just a person being interviewed. Mm. Um, and yeah, the sound design is also extremely good. Like it feels exactly like how it would sound if you're having an interview and the microphone's over by the subject, but you can hear the person in the distance talking. And um, yeah, it's just a very well plotted, good example of a, of a limit, limited run, um, yeah, pseudo doc type yeah. show. It's it's really, I don't want to say any more because I feel like it's a pretty quick listen and you should just, just go listen to it. Yeah, it's really bold. Yeah, as you say, in terms of like those kind of sound kind of choices, whereas sometimes you might like, we felt with Apocalypse songs as well, there's like an instinct to like, oh, how much should we like cheat it so it sounds a little like they're far away but actually not too much, whereas this it's just like, yeah, that person sounds like they're halfway across the room and so like you you feel really dialed into like the realism of it which is mm. yeah it's awesome. selling the fantasy yeah yeah yeah, um, and yes, um, apparently it did uh, confuse a lot of people. I actually found out about this podcast because Tim Bat tweeted like uh, an annoying uh, how annoyed he was that he listened to this podcast right. and that it was all fake. And I was like, that sounds exactly like <laughs> something that's up my alley. Yeah, because um, yeah. yeah, apparently a lot of people when it first came out were very much convinced that it was real because it's very like, plausible. That's what you want. That's what um, you want. It's yeah, the old, exactly. you know, War of the Worlds fallacy yeah. once again. Exactly. Hoodwinking. Um, yeah. Sweet. So that's me. Mm. Cool. Uh, I'll go next. Um, so I have been uh, playing on the Switch uh, again, and uh, one of the games that I encountered, which was a just one single cent uh, on Switch, um, which <laughs> I was able to it get. rounded down to free. Yes, wow. <laughs> our coins wasn't uh, even worth your two cents. <laughs> oh, it totally was because it is. Uh, it is called. I always forget the name. So that's one floor of it. What is it? It's the, called the Rains Down Players. The Rains Down Players. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's. That's why it's raining it's raining at the start. A lot, yeah. I see. Uh, the Rains Down Players, which is you are two friends um, who you can name yourselves. We call them Marlo and Babs. Um, don't know why. Uh, that was one, the first names we thought of. Yeah. Uh, they are putting on a theatre uh, and you... Putting on a theatre. Putting on a <laughs> staging uh, They, staging they have, have come into They've ownership of a theatre somehow. Um, and so basically it's just this like, um, like pixel like game where you play either of the characters. Um, we should see if there's two player. Probably not. I don't think um, so. And you can just go around, interview people, and go, like, what kind of show would you like to see? And they're like, oh, I'd really love to see something with a beer. And like, oh, <laughs> and then I hope they die at the end. And then so when you plan your show, you um, choose a subject, a location, um, what their like goal is, um, uh, what they encounter, and then how it resolves. And so you get uh, different kind of cards to like choose and swap in and out um, so that you can stage the show. And the best thing about the piece is like they have these mini games of staging the show. And uh, when you stage your show, you get multiple venues around the, 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 the city, but the main one is you're putting on the show and then people just like spring out of the audience and throw water bottles at you, tomatoes, rocks, fish even. The uh, iconic fish. Yeah. <laughs> fish to the stage. It's incredible. Yeah. And all of those are like water bottles are your standard, uh, tomatoes throw to the other side. So, and you just <laughs> you have, have to, to jump out of the way. But yeah, it's I, I just love that this whoever was making this game, which I think it's a pretty I'm pretty sure it's like an indie developer. Yeah. Um, they they were like, How could we dramatize the act of putting on a show? <laughs> yeah. And the way that they thought to do it was, okay, you have to dodge flying objects. 
which uh, is is probably, you know, not something that I've encountered in the process of no. putting on a show, but I, I feel but, like it's really fun for a wh- game. But, like, wouldn't it be fun in real Well, I mean, no, actually, it no, would not well, be not fun in real life. You yeah. know, yeah. But, um, and also, I'm not that good at dodging. Yeah. yeah um, but I just catch the tomatoes and we, like, big basket out there. Into it. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you can choose Ooh. the market as a location. Yeah. But, yeah, um, but there's, there's a lot of other mini games in it as yeah, well. Yeah, so, they, I mean, I feel like they might have some similarity to theatre. One, because it's like, why are they making this game around, like, putting on a show? Yeah, why are you making the show? With theatre yourself. And then, so there's, like, publicity kind of uh, experience where you... James, as a marketing director, yes. uh, felt very... A lot of kinship never for taking, this mini-game. Never taking that hat never off. Never removing the hat. Yeah. Um, where one character's like, oh, maybe I... Oh, maybe I should put it up here, but maybe that's not allowed. And then one person that just posters everywhere um, <laughs> to, to get the And attention. so, yeah, your game is to, to put all of your posters up before the police come and stop you. Is his name Tom? <laughs> Fan? Tom, Tom Fan? Phantom. Phantom. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the other thing that uh, uh, happened, uh, not to me, to the world, uh, which we haven't talked about yet, is Lord's Solar Power. Mm. Um, Very unrelatable here in New Zealand, yeah, I must say. Exactly, yes. yeah. Famously dropping that for us in the dead of winter. Yeah, um, it is the shortest day tomorrow. So yeah, um, yeah. So that was a big uh, uh, blast that happened for solar power. Um, I I like it. I uh, what do people think? Oh, I would like solar. to hear the whole album. I wasn't. I was yeah. like, this is fine for the song, um, oh. but I'm interested to see what the full album is because if it's anything like, like I feel like. Yeah, the, the sort of power of melodrama as a previous album was that it was a very successful album as opposed to, like, I think each of the individual songs and there's a lot of really good individual songs, mm-hmm. but I think it worked best as one yeah, sort of big like unit, and so I'd like to experience the entire album before but I, I gotta say that the music my favourite thing was the music video because it had it has like this really like strange cult kind of vibe um, where Lord is like this kind of cult kind of yeah, figure of, of sun and, it's like um, the wicker girl yeah yeah totally um, and everyone else is in like this kind of beige and like looks like has no expression on their face and is just like serving her I um, just love it because it like plays into like you know wordplay she's lord the lord has her flock it's a cult <laughs> you know that kind of vibe and there's yeah, that, there's that the line lord. like yeah. what is it I'm, I'm, I'm Jesus but hotter or I'm something. pretty I'm, I'm like a prettier Jesus yeah and she says I really like the song I think it's unfortunate that it is winter in New Zealand mm. because you know I'd love to like blast this out on the beach um yeah, I like it because it seems like, you know, with her massive influence, her game-changing style of, like, moody teens with, like, you know, complicated metaphors, which has, you know, infiltrated pop culture mm. with, with you know, Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo. She was, it, it was time for her to grow up and, and yeah. get happy, and I really enjoy that for her without compromising, you know, what makes her her. I think mm. this is still her, and she's not, like, Switching it up to something ultra poppy. I just, I love the George Michael influence. I love, you know, the, um, yeah, it's just like Cheryl Crow, like, but Lord, you know. Nice. <laughs> it's summer. Um, and the iconic opening line of I hate the winter, that's, that's relatable. Which I feel that. I feel that, that is very yeah. relatable. Yeah, right um, now, especially. Is that all of your popcorn? That's mine. 
Yeah, that was one of mine, but I, I want to talk about. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, I, do, I don't. I don't think we have it's a, a lot it's a of shared. I don't. It's yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't think we got to a lot in the last couple of weeks. We're just here yeah. hibernating in Wellington. Um, it's cold. I don't want to go to the movie theater. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, things are happening. There's Cruella, which I haven't seen, yeah. and The Heights, which I haven't seen. Just like things that are happening around that mm. I've just, you know, haven't had the pulse on because I haven't seen them. Yeah. The Kyomo Festival has just finished up. And before I forget, um, shout out to All I See in the Morning After, which was the two that I caught. Um, yeah. They were wonderful uh, shows. Yeah. Um, it was good. And hopefully, uh, yeah, they can come back. Uh, especially all I see was like a really beautiful. I'm sad I on, missed that. On mm. grief. I mean, it was sort of a development season, so yeah. hopefully that means that it's going to be a, a return. I saw a few of them. I saw um, Upu last night, which was my favorite of the fest, mm-hmm. and it was just so beautiful, so gorgeous. I've heard nothing but really good things. And I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I just love the Camo Festival, and you know maybe one of these days I'll do a root show of my own. Oh, <laughs> Who knows? Oh, Who knows? Do it. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say? Oh, pop, pop corner, mm. not culture. I mean, <laughs> I mean they're both. Yes. They're both. One cannot exist without the other, mm-hmm. just like this next film. That I mean, I think to... pop culture can exist without pop corner, <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, I don't well, think so. Famously, famously okay, so. they can't, but okay. Um, so last night um, concluded the gutted season of Drag Race Down Under, <laughs> mm. which is like not the best season of Drag Race, but... Fantastic winner. The winner is Kitamine from New Zealand, which yes. is amazing. Like, she really deserved it, especially out of, um, yeah, I think it could have been a, a really good season. The queens are all talented, but the production was just a no for me. Because um, we dropped off. We definitely dropped off. I just got to a certain point where I was just like, ugh. Yeah. At, at the time that we were watching, we watched about two, three episodes. Three episodes, I Kitamine think, Kitamine yeah. didn't kind of have a, a winner's edit at this point. No. about her... Uh, across the later kind of episodes made her shine. Yeah, I, th- I think, like, when you see her on stage, she just has this, like, je ne sais quoi. Like, she loves performing. And it's like, you know when someone has that special something when you see them perform? When you see an ensemble and people are performing to the best of their ability, but there's, like, one or two people that have that twinkle in their eye that mm. make them stand out? Mm. It's that. It's just, like, the way she just, like has the joy when she performs compared to the other people. And, yeah, she's funny. She's quick. She's um, got better drag than I thought because at first I thought the drag disparity between the New Zealand queens and the Australian <laughs> queens was going to be a mm. lot. But I actually, like, the, the, the takeaway for me was, like, the three New Zealand queens turned out to be really compelling mm. and the most lovable characters of the season. And that's consensus across the board. Um, from people overseas, from people in Australia. Most of the people in Australia were rooting for Kita at the end, which was really cool. Um, and I'm really happy for her. I mean, like, from House of Drag, that that show. Oh, that, that show. She, um, which more people are now going to be discovering. <laughs> um, to, you know, the Down Under's next drag superstar. <laughs> so congratulations. Um, a bit of, like, I mean, I didn't really care one way or the other, but when she did win, I was like, okay, a little bit of nationalism, like, swelling up there. Not yeah. not very often, but um, it was, yeah, it was a nice feeling. Um, but the, the, the reality show that I really want to talk about is the latest season of Top Chef, which mm. is the best fucking season of Top Chef ever. I just love the chefs. It's just, like, really good cooking, really good just, like, characters. The 
oh, it's so good. And um, the judging of, of, and the hosting of Padma Lakshmi and Tom Colicchio, they're just the best in the business. And I hope it wins the Emmy over Drag Race this year. It's not going to happen because, like, Drag Race is so mainstream and basic right now. Like, every person thinks they're cool because they watch it. It's just like, oh, girl, were you watching in season one? I don't think so. So I don't want to gatekeep, but, you know, <laughs> the newer fans are a bit, like, annoying about it. So, and they don't usually have the taste to back it up. Um but yeah, Top Chef is amazing. I, I love the chefs. Um, and if if you um, want to check out a good reality show and want to, I always like watching Top Chef while eating something because mm. it makes me feel like I'm tasting their food, even though it's really tough when it's like all you can see is like the judges' comments. It's not like Project Runway mm. where you can like yeah, actually see the really design. Yeah, you can't appreciate the actual <laughs> thing. Judge yeah, no. or American Idol, you can hear mm. them. It's just like it really is um, up it's to the judges. The problem with cooking shows exactly. because like, you <laughs> can sit there and you're like, oh, yeah, it looks good, looks good, and then they're like, ah, oh, it's dry, and but you're I, like, I knew it. I knew it was dry, and like yeah. you can't like argue back. But I like, think that's the testament to how good of a show Top Chef is that they can, you know, tell a good story because of that. Mm. You know, Hell's Kitchen has to rely on one character mm. to like berate everybody, mm. but apparently he's a sweetie in real life. So, yeah. I yeah. I, uh, I was up with my folks recently, and uh, they watch a ton of reality TV, um, and it was really interesting to see um, that cooking show which Mary Berry moved on to, which is the Great Cook Off. Um, and it used to be where uh, all of the judges would just sit out um, and just like, and then the host would like walk around and be like, oh, good, you know, keep on with it and stuff like that. But actually they like built a second story for this later season so they could just like peer from above. And <laughs> oh, okay, I got to a second like level. I yeah. was like, like, second, like a mezzanine kind of thing. Not like a second story line. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah a, a mezzanine kind of area where they can just peer down and <laughs> I love go it. all like, and there's one that tries like pastry but doesn't butter it and Mary's just like, that's not going to work. And it's just like the gods from above just peering down <laughs> Oh my God. It's very uh, like in glow up when they've got that like special cap room where they're yeah. watching like the, the yeah. from afar that and they're like, oh, I don't know about that. Of that um, <laughs> like Netflix show where there was like, it was like a cooking show, but they were like, the, the judges were like gods coming out from, I can't what? remember what I've it is. I've never heard of this. It's, oh, it's so, so it's they so like different. come out of the floor? And like no, so they like go up from like the ramp and stuff. They they descend from the stairs. <laughs> Kyla Hall, one of the best like personal, chef personalities ever. She's just like in a toga, like a Grecian goddess. Love it. It's so good. I can't remember what it's called, but I will. I mean, if I was naming it, I'd call it like food of the gods. But food you know, I don't yeah, know. You guys keep talking. I'll, yeah. I'll look it we'll up. About, the more yeah. stylized the reality TV gets, the better. And but yeah, it's really fascinating because my parents were so against reality TV when yeah, I was growing the, up. Uh, apparently, canonically, it was all American crap, according yeah. to. Now James they're all Dad. about location, location. There was one that was very sympathetic to landlords that I was like, really? Are we doing? I this? mean, that's an entire channel. Like HGTV is all about like uh, home ownership and how you got to get in there before. Yeah, the, of like oh, just yeah. the worst tenants and stuff like that. Oh, mm. it's called Crazy Delicious. Crazy Delicious. Okay. Which, I don't know. I I have heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know, because, like,
like I don't love the title because yeah, it's there's not a, a great t- that doesn't tell me anything. There's it's another show. The gods. Oh, food. Food. Much yeah, food Go for the, the gods. gods. Call it Ambrosia. Yeah, know, like, yeah, exactly. I would love if all of them had like nicknames like Amb- like like Amer- the, like the chase. Like, <laughs> like, like American Gladiators, like Ambrosia, Ambrosia. back or oh, Dion- Dionysus. Yeah. yeah. But I was gonna say it's like kind of like that show. It sounds like that show, Ugly Delicious. Mm, Which, yeah, yeah, you know, there's too many other, like, th- you know, yeah. yeah. yeah Can delicious. it just be delicious? Exactly. But also just delicious again. I'm like, so it's about <laughs> yeah, food. Like, what are you, yeah, what are you yeah. telling me? Like, it's got oh, it's deli. And let's just oh. go around all the delis in the world. Eating delis could be a good show. Yeah. Like, you know, it's more yeah. about like who gets the most customers in a deli. Yeah. All right, I feel like, are we ready to move on to our future presentation? From fr- from the gods to the <laughs> devil. It's <laughs> <laughs> our feature presentation. Ooh. Okay. Feature presentation. So I feel like this one's been on the cards for a while. I uh, think it was there and then we kind of forgot about it. Yeah. And then there was this beautiful moment in the last episode where we were discussing queer films mm. because it was Pride Month, not in New Zealand. Yeah. But International um, Pride yeah. Month. Yeah, so, American Pride yeah. Month. And um, we talked about, like someone said Jennifer's Body and I yeah. said I hadn't seen it. None and, of us had seen it, right? And, yeah, this yeah. moment we were all like, Ooh. Yeah. 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 Because so I feel like it's stars. There yeah. has been, you know, we, we obviously we did our Meryl Streep season, yes. um, and we did some mini seasons with uh, like films we used to watch as children. Mm, um, the, but we have been talking about doing the iconic this, like, an LGBTQ 1993 season. season. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I couldn't forget. James oh, yes. barely made the cut. <laughs> yeah, I know. Born in December '92. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we, we have discussed. Including this in a wider season um, of potentially queers, doing a whole yeah. lot of like yeah, yeah, yeah queer classics, mm. um, but yeah, I think it's good that we sort of jumped in here um, mm. doing because I feel like yeah, it's nice to be able to do things rather than saving them for a season. Cause there's <laughs> yeah, so many yeah. other queer classics that we could also cover when we eventually get to that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which we'll be doing at some point. Totally. Um, so this is Jennifer's Body. Came out in 2009. Yeah. Directed by Karen Kusama and written by Diablo Cody and stars Megan Fox, Amanda Seyfried, and a bunch of other like small little. J.K. Simmons, weirdly, we didn't. I did not know was going to be. And his son Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) And Chris Pratt. um, Yeah. uh, uh, What's his name? Brody. Adam. Adam Brody. (laughs) Brody. Brody Adam. Brody. Imagine if it was Adrian Brody. (laughs) Adam and Adrian. Yeah. Yeah, The Brody Bros. Yeah. The bro D's. Hey. Bros D. So does anyone have any familiarity? I all I know this is one of the I think because it came out in the late thousands when I was subscribed to Empire magazine. Oh, I the remember iconic, reading a the lot iconic of like reviews. Cassandra like, subscription to Empire uh, magazine. I know. So I remember reading reviews and features about this film and being like, Oh, maybe you should see this but then like it just wasn't something that came up. I didn't have any friends that, you know, want to see it and I didn't I wasn't hugely like excited about seeing it because it is like horror adjacent and oh, definitely sure. back when I was like 16 I would have been like I don't know how horror this is and I don't want to trust when things say oh it's not that horror and then you go and it's actually quite gory yeah. um, so <laughs> I would have avoided it because of that I feel like it'll be an R16 in New Zealand yeah not 13 it's a bit too bloody for that yeah, yeah. um I think, yeah, and there's a lot of swearing and stuff as well, yeah. so that would push it over into R16. And some um, nudity, maybe? It's not really any nudity. No, there's some implied, but you don't see anything. Suggestiveness, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it would all amount to an R16, and I feel like at that stage of my life, I would have been like, oh, a horror movie that's R16 sounds like a no-go for me. <laughs> um, so I did Sounds not see like it the because opposite of that. for me. <laughs> I remember 
know if there was a stage in my life where I would just like kind of really want to like hit up like the the racy comedies and just mm. because I was like, ooh, it's a bit older for me. I once tricked my dad to like buy me a ticket to Just Friends, which is um, an Anna Ferris and uh. Ryan Reynolds sex comedy. Um, it was not good. But <laughs> Wait, you tricked him? Well, not tricked him. I was just like, you but know. he thought he was going to go see something else? No, no. He was just like, you know, uh, I was just going to be at a movie. Oh, yeah. So, like, because I, I, he was busy and, like, you know, I didn't want to stay in his office or whatever. Mm. So, he was just like, oh, yeah, just, like, go to a movie. And, like, he would buy me the ticket and everything. And the, the choices were, like, I don't remember. Um, what the other ones were. Transformers, some bullshit. I can't It was before that even. I think it was, yeah. But mm. I was just like, what, that one? And he didn't really care. He didn't really read the description. He just saw the poster. And I was like, yeah, why not? Well, this is also, iconically, Matt's father is known for his lax attitude <laughs> to uh, age restrictions in film. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, now, my history with Jennifer's body is, um, I guess my history is more with Juno. So, like, I connected as the second Diablo Cody film. Mm. Um, Juno was, like, kind of huge, really, in my life. I was just, like... I was a big Juno fan also. Yeah, yeah. So, like, 2006 was the first year I followed the Oscars. So that was the year of The Departed and Mm. My Sunshine. And the second year was 2007, where Juno was not, like, any, like, you know, best picture contender before it, really, Mm. or since, I think. It's like this... You know, coming-of-age comedy about a teen girl. That's not really about big issues. It's just, like... It's very, like, character-focused. Yeah, exactly. Kind of little low-scale, and that like, was bef- dramedy, I And guess, this was before drama, where they were, like, you know, 900 films getting nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, this it was, was just the five. It was the five, yeah. So that was, like, it really appealed to me because, I mm. mean, what a great year that was, by the way. That was the year of No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Oh. I'm, like, I also atonement. followed this Oscars race. There will be blood. Yeah. yeah. Great, wow. great, great year. Yeah. So Juno cracked that that lineup, and I was like, oh, my God. And I remember just enjoying it because the dialogue is crackling. Diablo Cody, her story of being a stripper turned to a screenwriter. I was That's like, right. she can yeah. have it all <laughs> with a name like Co- Diablo Cody. Which uh, clearly her, not her birth name. Oh, clearly, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was kind of looking forward to Jennifer's Body, but never got around to seeing it because when it was released, the reviews were bad. Pretty like, yeah. Yeah, so I never, I just got, never got around to seeing it. Um, I did get around to seeing Young Adult mm. when I was a bit older, and that was great. So I was like, you know, this was again, and again, I think Jennifer's Body's reputation has only grown yeah. since um, that initial release. So it's always been in the back of my head being like, I should get back to that. I should I should watch it and I just never have and and now I have and what do I think? We'll find out. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. What about you, James? Well, I was just thinking how cool it is that, like, yeah, that we can think of, like, a, a, a series of films through, like, a, a female writer in terms of what she's kind of done because mm. it's usually it's so like, often... It's like, like Nora like, Ephron, kind of. It's yeah. like Nancy Myers. And it's very Myers. few people it's that like, you sort of have that kind of uh, yeah. things to look but for. But even yeah. Yeah, with, with, like, Nancy Myers, she, like, directs her own stuff mm. a lot of the time, too. Um, whereas, yeah, Juno was by Jason Reitman and this is by uh, Karen Kusama. And I think Reitman does a couple, like young adult and stuff like that as yeah, well but yeah. like you know by and large it is it is Diablo's oh, kind of work which is is so cool to see and it's so great to see that she was 
you know, such a... Um, yeah, it's rare for a writer to have that sort of thumbprint without yeah. also being the, like, writer-director. Yeah, because it's a star writer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that kind of... Yeah, she was... Uh, guess it's... Was and is still seen as a celebrity. I guess mm. a little less so now. But um, her name is still, like... Yeah, know we that still know who, who it is. Diablo yeah. Cody. Yeah. But it was, it was super dynamite around that. She just, kind of she just dropped out of the Madonna biopic. Oh. Mm, creative differences. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, for me, yeah, it Big was. Personalities. Um, <laughs> oh, no, it's just too much. Yeah, I, I also hadn't uh, haven't seen hadn't rather uh, have now uh, seen Jennifer's Body uh, both because of because it's kind of my kind of genre, I really like horror kind of genre, but I had heard the negative reviews and also I think of just that kind of uh, in the culture like uh, around about that time I was more focused on films that were. The boys. The boys. Um, (laughs) And stuff that was so directly targeted to a predominantly female audience was like, yeah, at the time for me, it was like, oh, well, that stuff's not for me, so why should I engage with that? Which is I also think something that really, like, put me off it was, like, I mean, Megan Fox was huge at that time. Mm. I, you know, she was a huge sex symbol, for lack of a better word. She was, like, ubiquitous, the Transformers film. Um, you know, yeah, with Michael Bay like panning over like a car, like, yeah, pretty disgusting iconic, but, like, but yeah, disgusting, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but she wasn't known as a good actress, yeah. So this was again like, sure, she's carrying the movie. Like, I don't know, I don't know if I could like, you know, mm. trust her with the project. So I guess that was like the unconscious bias coming in as well, like writing it off because mm. it was Megan Fox in the in the lead role instead of just as the quote-unquote eye candy, which, mm. you know, this plays into her star persona a little bit. Yeah, but we'll talk about that in dialogue in with yeah. that. Totally. Um, shall we start off with some movie in a minute? It is my turn. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, cool. So uh, I'll I'm going to try to, for those new to the podcast, uh, I'm going to try to describe the plot of Jennifer's Body uh, in yeah. one minute. If you have not and seen Jennifer's Body. And these two are going to probably harangue me throughout <laughs> it because that's what they normally do. Uh, Just like men do. From <laughs> now. We start off with Amanda Seyfried. She's in prison, and she's a very violent prisoner. We then have a flashback to when she was in high school, and she was best friends with Jennifer, who was played by Megan Fox. Um, and her Amanda Seyfried's name is Needy, weirdly. Um, and so uh, basically they go to a band, a gig... Uh, at a local nightclub. They're in a crappy sort of suburb. The nightclub burns down and Jennifer is uh, sort of kidnapped by the band that were playing at the nightclub and taken into the forest. She then comes back that night and has become this sort of weird creature. And uh, Needy's really scared, but then the next day at school, Jennifer is normal and hot and stuff. Everything seems fine, but then Jennifer goes out into the woods with this football player and then murders him by turning into this kind of weird vampire type zombie creature. Um, And then uh, Amanda Seyfried's character (laughs) uh, is stressed out um, as she sort of... Notices these changes about Jennifer. She then uh, Jennifer then kills another person that's in uh, Needy's life, uh, who's a friend of hers, um, and uh, she then confesses to her that Five she's seconds. actually become a demon after uh, she was tried to be sacrificed as a virgin, sacrificed by the boys in the band. Uh, then she finally kidnaps. Time, uh, I'm sorry. There's a lot of plot in this film, so we'll finish it off. So yeah, she ends up by uh, kidnapping Chip, Needy's boyfriend, um, and trying to kill him in this old abandoned swimming pool. Needy has a big sort of fight, sort of tries to fight off. Jennifer um, she has this weird thing where she has like a spidey sense for where Jennifer is at all times and what she's up to which is never explained we'll talk about it Um, and she sort of manages to fight her off but it's too late Chip dies Um, and so then uh, once Jennifer is back in her her home um, Needy sneaks in and stabs her through the heart having learned that this is how you defeat a demon which is what she has become after the virgin sacrifice went badly because she's not a virgin Um, and yeah the end uh, she is discovered and presumably goes to jail 
um, for this murder, uh, and it ends with her breaking out of jail because she's now got powers because she was bitten by the demon but didn't die. Mm. Classic. A classic rule. Yeah. Uh, and uh, goes to kill the band. On a revenge, revenge. tour. Mm. Uh, and that, as the credits roll, we see that she has successfully murdered the band. Mm. Yeah. Um, my favourite part of that was um, uh, Amanda Seyfried was needy, weirdly. Um, <laughs> imagine if that was her name. Needy, yeah, weirdly. weirdly. Yeah, no, but they, I think it's Anita, right? Like it is Anita Lesnicki. Anita, Anita, Anita Lesnicki. Needy Lesnicki. Like, and okay. I'm like, but why would you got, let people give you that nickname? <laughs> like, it's like, such a bad nickname. I understand that in high school, but when we first meet her, we're meeting her in prison, and then it's like, Anita, Needy. Need- and I was like, why did that get listed in your or prison? Clearly honestly, she prefers that name. She, also, she's volunteering for this nickname. Why couldn't she just be Anita Needy, because that's like a fine last. I mean, it's not a fine last. Or she could just have a different like, first name. Yeah, that's her surname. Like, that. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's it, it's. I don't know. It's, I'm not sure exactly why they it's chose. It's a note this. for Diablo. I Thanks guess Diablo. It's, a char- it's a character, it's a character um, name. name. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. not super needy throughout the film. Yeah. Right. I guess and she also needs, just like she the other characters called Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not like that's, she also has a weird name. Like I don't know. Mm. No, I, Diablo's like my my characters have to have odd names. Yeah, so I, yeah. Can't, well, I mean it's I can't quirky. relate to them. Well, I think we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about her writing later. Yeah. Um, but yes, but we start as, out as customary. We've got to start out with our MVP, our most visually pleasing. Oh. Uh, for me, like. Megan Fox is, is attractive. <laughs> she, she really she's like, is. She's a really hot person. Like, she really yeah. is. I mean, like, it, she's conventionally attractive, and, you know, like, the media says, like, this is attractive, but also. It is. Well, she is think, the thing about Megan Fox, she is, you know, beautiful, but what she has is she's got sex appeal. Yes. Which is, you know, like. And the film is unafraid yeah. to show the that. The film is specifically, like, in dialogue that. with that, like with her persona yeah, as like sex symbol from the Transformers. Again, movies. I like again I mentioned yeah. um, earlier. I think this was off part. Angelina Jolie, that kind of quality. Yeah, of she's like, got like a. She's you know, got the dark hair, the vampy kind of Veronica to you know um, Amanda Seyfried's Betty. Um, uh, oh my god! The- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick. Yeah. Um, um, no, I, I feel like there is. This is an undisputable. <laughs> although I did, I did find Adam Brody really. Cute with the um, nice, with the eyeliner and uh, the he tattoos. Looks, he looks fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I feel like Megan Fox is, is the MVP. Oh, for of sure. This film. But also, um, you know, I love you know one iconic thing about Megan Fox that Cass did not know are her iconic toe thumbs, oh, yes. which is her only flaw. Mm. Yeah, the camera like. Uh, like frames her very lovingly as well. There's like a bit where she's like swimming through a lake and yeah. like the cinematography like works really well for that beauty. It looks like a yeah. photo shoot. And because in some like, yeah, it's, it's very much like, yeah, what a person that is in control of her sexuality. Mm. Um, and it, because it's... Good or for ill, how the, the treatment of that is in this film we can mm. discuss. Well, it's better than um, like, you know, how... It's different. The the gaze is different. I think with mm. with Karen Kusama. I think with her. I I think Megan probably had more agency in how she was. Yeah, framed. I think it's not. So, I think the framing of her is. Yeah, it's like she looks beautiful and she's sexy, but she's also very dangerous and, and dangerous. powerful. She is terrifying throughout. Um, and yeah, it, whereas yeah. Michael Bay's camera was just. It's like, more just well, she is she's subject. As she's object, object yeah. rather than subject. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so... We should maybe quickly touch on, like, yeah, uh, Megan Fox's, like... Uh, she was, like, super, like, uh, well-known at that period. Yeah, and she was, like, she, a Star is Born moment. For yeah. And then uh, 
because she compared Michael Bay to Hitler in terms of his like directing kind of uh, ways, like saying like, yeah, he's a really, he's like, he's a real dictator on set. Um, she got subsequently fired off of of the next kind of transfer. Uh, honestly, for to her benefit, because those films just. But yeah. I don't know what has she done recently with her career, though. Has she been able to come back from? Well, that? I think it's I don't like, know if she it's has. a small, it's a smaller kind of version of yeah, like, what a, happens to celebrities. It, like it's a smaller Britney version of it, but like Lohan. exactly. So I'm like, it's, I don't think it is to her benefit. I feel like it's. it's I think it, it was to her benefit her. <laughs> in in, <laughs> like, the, in the sense that she still is a household name. People know her, and like she's a lot more respected as an actress now. Because I remember when. Um, What's her face? Zoe Deschanel took a break from New Girl because she had her baby. They put, um, they brought in Megan Fox as the star attraction of New Girl. Well, that character that Zoe Deschanel was playing was away, oh. you know, for some reason. And they needed someone to anchor the show, so they brought in Megan Fox as as Reagan. Um, and um, oh, Reagan, Megan. Hmm. I just clicked on my head. Not very inventive writing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but she was great. Her comic timing was amazing. She was just dry, That's droll. Good. I'm glad that she was witty. doing something else because I didn't know she was a new girl. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think she's doing things here and there. And she look, she'll never go hungry for the rest of her life. She's mm-hmm. got the name. She could she could parlay this into anything. A business, judging stints, anything. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's still got the name. And she's yeah. still got the beauty. And so. I think this film in particular has been like reappraised quite a lot. Yeah, for at, sure. When it first came out, which is good to kind of bring up, it was pretty panned. It sits on like 40-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes and it, yeah, uh, didn't uh, do particularly well. Well, not panned, uh, mixed. I think, I it, yeah, it's mixed, got mixed reviews because it was, yeah, yeah. I, think so, I think some people recognised it as sort of going for more of a camp kind mm. of aesthetic and, and, and other, others yeah. sort of were more criti- critical of it. It's cha- times have changed. The lin- like the way we kind of review these types mm. of films have changed. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just glad that Karen Kusama was able to, like, recover and make more movies yeah. the, of her own voice after this because sometimes, you know, when a female... Yeah, director, that's the it can sink it, you if you exactly, have an absolute yeah. glowing response to your yeah. first film. And she made like, this lovely film a couple of years back called The Invitation, which is so creepy. It's on Netflix. I thought you were going to sell it as like, it's so lovely, it's so sweet. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's about a dinner party. Yeah. That's all their friends come over. It's, um, it's beautiful. <laughs> Karen also uh, gave a uh, mixed bag um uh, a star, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, her star with Girl Fight. Girl Fight. Um, was she a star? What was she in? Avatar? Avatar, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> like, she plays that role a lot. But, yeah. Um, Girl Fight, she's great in that. Yeah. Yeah. Plays into her star persona really well. Yeah. <laughs> and then Destroyer, which I have not seen, which people are I have not. mixed on that as well. Some the, um, people love it, some people hate the it. The Nicole makeup looks yeah. weird. Mm. I've not even heard of this film. So this is a film where Nicole Kidman plays like a cop. Oh my god! It's like you know, um, yeah, like murder mystery vibes. Mm. Um, but her makeup, she's just gray <laughs> hair, and then You're going hard out. Oh, Ooh, could yeah, be, could be an interesting, interesting. Mix bag in could be, yeah, Maybe. yeah. Uh, but so let's talk about the film in general. Our our bottle. Oh, one one more thing. Oh, yeah. If you do want to watch the invitation, it is creepy. It is like moody. Yeah. And it features an amazing performance by Tammy Blanchard, who famously was the young Judy Garland in Me and My Shadows, the Judy Garland story. Oh. Yeah. Um. And she won an Emmy for that. And Judy Davis was the old Judy Garland. But she's really creepy. Um, it's such a good film. Uh, she's so good in that. Oh, it's so creepy. It's like, we won't say too much about it, but there's like just weird vibes at the dinner. 
Um, yeah, just accept the invitation. Yeah, just accept it, Cass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, Lord Cult vibes. Yeah. All right. Um, Anyways, what did we love about Jennifer's well, body? We mentioned uh, uh, that uh, Megan Fox will never go hungry again, and we were talking about the makeup of Nicole Kidman, so I'll start there. Uh, there is some amazing uh, makeup and special effects in this movie. The, the I effects love... were really, I thought they were going to be janky as fuck. Yeah, but no, they, they're fun. They they're very effective, yeah. yeah. Megan, uh, when she becomes this like demon, um, her mouth is able to just like split it's wide. It's like, open. It, yeah, like opens up, and there's all these like pointy it's teeth like venom. kind of yeah, yeah, it's very like, like venom. venom or alien yeah um, where she can just swallow people whole and the film that I really love is just like not afraid to go pretty bloody and like uses that for surprise and comedy as yeah. well as just like ickiness um, and it wasn't relishing it just for the sake of it but it's like if you have like this character that is now a demon like yeah show a bit of that and she was still you know sexually powerful in those like mm. when she transformed her it's just like oh it's just it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Like the first time that we meet um, uh, Jennifer, a uh, uh, post-demon, um, it is such a like a creepy and weird scene where she shows up late at night at Amanda Seyfried's house, at Needy's house, um, and she is like uh, bedraggled and covered in blood and then vomits up this like bile. Yeah, it looks very bile. like... But yeah. the bile was like anthropomorphic. It, it was, was very like, like uh, what's it called? Prometheus. Yeah, yeah I love like, that they the included that shot. Yeah. <laughs> on the bile, oh my yeah. God. Because like, you could just be like, oh, she vomits up bile, it's super gross. But no, they took the time it's to like, animate yeah. those little spikes and it, it makes like all the difference. magnetic slime. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it adds like a certain texture to the film, which yeah. is really cool. And there's a playfulness all throughout in terms of just like... Uh, that kind of ruthlessness uh, of of like the kills, and then also some of like the satirical kind of com- comedy. I found I was laughing genuinely laughing at like large yeah. section of this. Film. Yeah, I think what this film like is really like smart about is that it understands this type of film really mm-hmm. well and kind of plays into the tropes, subverts some of them, leans into that um, mm-hmm. into them quite a bit, and it's just really playful. It's like it loves this type of film. Um, sending it up, but also kind of just like putting a lens on some of the more yeah. problematic aspects of this type of film, mm. which yeah. you know sometimes it may also fall prey to. But yeah. you know, I love the the particularly like the the band that we um, kind of encounter early, ran by Adam Brody, like just the low shoulder, yeah, which low is shoulder. such a great. I enjoyed. I really band. enjoyed the band as villains. Yeah, like I felt like it. Sort of when you first see them, you get the sense that they're just going to be like gross, rapey guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the twist that they are actively like occultists that are doing a ritual to appease Satan. because yeah. a lot of the dialogue is just good. like, "Are you a virgin?" Yeah, yeah. And it's just like you know, your mind already has that click of like, "Oh, yeah." They're just they're like gross, for... sort of exactly, bro yeah. Yeah. attitude. But it's like, yeah, that the, the, when that is. A, that twist occurs. It firstly like makes a whole lot of things make sense, and secondly, it's. I just found that very funny because of the way that <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah, the, the, the way that they act like around the virgin sacrifice, they all start yeah. singing like Jenny, Jenny. Zero uh, eight, like the the one with the phone number, yeah, iconic song. They just like yeah, but they, they're just sort of yeah, like acting the way that you would act as like a whole lot of kind of misogynistic mm. like gross band dudes, but it is around this like oh we've got a like internet printout of the prayer to Satan yeah. that they're gonna do. Like yeah. I really enjoy. 
enjoyed that characterization. Yeah, and it yeah. wasn't like, oh, it's a twist and we find out that they're all like cultist type yeah. people. It was that they're still exactly the same guys. It's yeah. just that they're trying to work for Satan. <laughs> I, yeah, I think the juxtaposition of that was really funny. And it fit like why they, the logistics of like why they were in the shitty town. Of yeah. Like, yeah, like trying to look for somebody yeah, that would go unnoticed. And, yeah. um, and I really why like, this weird fire happened all of a sudden. And yeah. This, um, I really enjoy their presence throughout the mm. film as well with like Amanda Seyfried like seeing like that the music is growing oh my, more and more. The, um, the iconic song, oh. Through the Trees. I have to say, like, look, not a good song. <laughs> not a great but song. But it was exactly it's right. Exactly right for what sort of song yeah, these guys would do. It's like, like, <laughs> a sen- like, you can hear it. It's like, that's a type of song of yeah. that but it's We also, felt very Snow Patrol if you're mm. trying to get but it to also, sound alike. in the context of the film, meta-textually, it's just like, it's a send-up. It's just like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, it, and it's exactly the sort of thing where, like, yeah, it's just vague enough to be about anything mm, and it's yeah. lyrics and I'll it's not like a, a vaguely little... like uplifting kind of yeah, sound. Yeah, I'll pop in a little bit of it here. Shadow hanging over me and your face I can see That's it. Just took me back to the memorial of um, (laughs) Colin. Oh, that was the football guy that we had. They played at first. I don't know. But yeah, it's such generic kind of lyrics of like, (laughs) I'll heal you, I'll be there. I'll through the trees or whatever. Um, I enjoyed Adam Brody's presence in this film as this kind of, you know, douchey front man because, yeah, it is kind of playing on that Adam Levine sort of front man. Yeah. Um, before, I think, at, at this time, I don't think Maroon 5 has morphed into the Maroon 5 they are now. They're still kind of, there will be they will be loved Um, this love kind of she will be loved still kind of respected but like you know the cute front man are quite pop sellouts that they are now but um, but that kind of thing Mm. Um, and he looks the part he plays the part great audition for his um, role you know 12 years later, promising <laughs> young woman. Yeah, yeah. Very much. He's um, leaning into that kind yeah. of, um, yeah. I'm a nice looking guy. But and I want to shout out Adam Brody in a film I watched recently, which is absolutely great, called The Kid Detective, about like, a de- you know, he plays a character who was a great um, detective when he was younger, solved a lot of mysteries. Now he's old and washed up. He can't really make a living out of that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know... Um, and there's like a good mystery and like lots of good kind of I'm, reflection. I'm very sold on this. It sounds very to me. Where is it? Really is it? Nice. Is it in Netflix or? That's not. It's on the internet somewhere. It's not. Other sorts of like bottles for it. I mean, for me, like uh, the core relationship between actually the three leads of Johnny Simmons. I don't know Johnny's why I not a lead. Johnny. He's not a lead. Well, He's you know, a supporting character. S- strong supporting character. He's the most prominent um, male role. Yeah, yeah uh, Jennifer uh, and Needy. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought like that kind Wait, of what's tension. his name? I don't even Chip. remember. Chip. Chip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so Chip, Chip is Needy's boyfriend. So, yeah, 
go back to my summary. You get that kind of like seminal feeling of like, oh, these these two girls have known each other for like so long. Yeah. And I find that very kind of believable of one of them has become more mousy and yeah, one yeah. of them's more I do like mm. both of the women. Like they're not like knocking it out of the park, but they do fulfill their roles, you yeah. know, really well. And um, honestly, Amanda Seyfried, you know, obviously very beautiful woman, but like, she puts on the glasses and I buy it. I her, buy the Her costuming yeah. in this show, yeah. you know, like it, it's it's hard to make somebody that's naturally very yeah. beautiful. Like, exactly, you know, and take off the glasses. Surprise, she's gorgeous. And, like, like yeah. I haven't but really also, you know, seen her have a chance to, like, really, like, play something that's, like, feels like a full character. Like, I know that she's probably got tons of other stuff, but, like, for me, like, my big touchstone for her is, like, Mamma Mia, where it's just like, oh, my God, Dominic Cooper, I love you. And you're like, okay, so cool, sweet. Um, and Mean Girls. And Mean Girls. And yeah. Mank. And she just, like, M's. Yeah. Mamma Mia, Mank, and Mean Girls. Yeah, the she just she, she changed it up with, yeah. with Jennifer's body. And Mank recently, yeah, she's been able to, like, show off. You've never her. seen Red Riding Hood, Jay? No. <laughs> when she played the titular role? <laughs> Future mixed bag. I don't want to um, watch it. <laughs> I mean, there was an entire, like, whole... Like, there, was a, there was a whole moment at the time of 2010-2011 when I was working at the cinema, and it was just all of those weird Alice. dark yeah. fairy tales. All the brothers yeah. grim with Heath and Mandane. You could do a whole series yeah. on, on, because all of them are mixed bags in different degrees, I would yeah. say. And then, <laughs> and then as this hap- what hap- customarily happens, Disney takes over, and yeah. then they just and remade like, all of oh, their no. things. But uh, that's yeah. not the same as the, like, <laughs> yeah. hardcore dark, oh, exactly, like, yeah. the Tetzel and Griddle, but they're, like, <laughs> sexy now. Oh, my God. Like, vampire. vampire. <laughs> Hanson go to Vampire, vampire Hunters. Hunters. Oh, true. Yeah. Van Helsing's a little Van Helsing, he wasn't a fairy, fairy tale. tale. Okay. No, James, I know, but like, that was my shit. We still Hugh need to Jackman. see. Oh. We still need Helsing. to see not a dark and gritty, but like Brandy Cinderella. Oh, uh, I mean, I made should, James should watch this recently. Oh, you've seen it? Okay, maybe um, but, we won't do it for the know, pod. We could but, do it for the pod sometime. But yeah. it is, yeah, I feel like it is <sighs> more mixed than I iconic. It, the yeah. iconic. It is also very short. <laughs> yeah, but she's <laughs> but the iconic Cinderella of her time. Also, yeah. the special effects on that are hilarious. Um, oh, it's so cute. Whitney just like... The, like, green screen. <laughs> Whitney, like, oh, here I am. Um, oh, it was made on the budget of an oily rag. Yeah, I got to say, I yeah, I had a soft spot for... Johnny? Yeah, Johnny, Jesus. Uh, Johnny Simmons, because... I um, like all yeah. the boys in this film because they fit their character archetypes really yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> and like, the casting in terms of, like, so it's... Like, um, the, the goth guy the goth looked guy. really goth yeah, to me. So who I was like, is yeah. uh, Cassidy oh, from Veronica Mars? Okay, yes. just, like, a rip you out of the cure then. Okay, <laughs> Robert yeah. Smith Jr. In, much? In, in yeah. You say Bieber. No, Beaver. He's, uh, okay. his, that's his character's nickname, <laughs> like, Veronica Mars. That's right. Uh, but, but Johnny is doing a, um, a Bieber. A haircut. Uh, yeah, this as is he Johnny Simmons. Johnny Simmons. Yes, as he rocked. Probably not related to J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, who... Yeah. We'll talk to J- about an J.K. In a which he also so, uh, appears in Scott Pilgrim as young Neil, uh, who looks Johnny. exactly like he does in the yeah. comics. Yes. Johnny Simmons, you probably don't know him by name, might know him by face, but if you, like, see him, he's, like, the classic archetype of the actor that gets cast as, like, shy but, like, cute teenager yeah. that is, like, you're, um, the main character's best friend friend but yeah. it's like you know like the the main the secret main um romantic interest at the end yeah you yeah. know it's yeah it's like Extreme, the extremely nice guy in a yeah exactly yeah but it's nice that you see some like there's some like the the yeah they're sweet and there's you know positive consent and stuff like that and you know it's it's a cool kind of base for amanda seyfried's character i don't know yeah it'll be interesting to talk about like representation of 
lesbian dynamics and stuff like that and what oh, that's kind of doing talk with about the film. That yeah. Yeah, it's I don't think it's a, bana- a, a bottle. bottle. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know, like mm. generally I think a quick summation for me in terms of my bottles is like I really like the tone of the film. Like I think it's like a fun horror film. A lot of its sequences really succeed. There's yeah. some great like set design, um, yeah. especially near the end. Also, I just, think it, yeah. I love that. Like in one of the sequences, we get to Amanda Seyfried's room, and you know Megan Fox is there. She's wearing her Evil Dead T-shirt, and, and there's then there's an, an Evil, evil Dead, Dead poster, poster in the yeah. background. So just she's to be really like, into hey, the Evil do you guys, Dead. Do you guys know Evil Dead? Like it's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then on Megan Fox's room is the Fallout Boy. And, yes. Yeah. Um, and there's which like is a, really good. There's a swimming pool sequence. Oh uh, yeah. The swimming pool design extremely good. It's this abandoned pool. Yeah. For some reason, still they even drained it. They just I, I told Cass if you've like played the iconic uh, Harry Potter Harry games Potter with games. the squished faces, <laughs> where you had to collect all the one of the many side quests, collect the um, the um, chocolate frog yes. tokens with the yeah. with the famous um, wizards. One of the rooms in in that was like the the boggy kind of sewer. I saw that energy. Hogwarts video game environment is the energy. It's not the Chamber of Secrets. That's something else. I can't remember. Possibly. I don't know. We had the sixth one. Oh, might have been that one. But also they. Not me. Not Hermione. You. (laughs) I. Thanks for that. I really Iconic line from on, Harry Potter. On TikTok, uh, what's going around right now is like, I'm going to move to check the king. And it's like, <laughs> it's no, so good. Ron, no. What's happening? He's going to sacrifice himself. <laughs> I, just, I just love that because I'm just like, I've been, maybe not like one of my iconic quotes is, in my head that I have in my head is not me, not am I, not you. And that's part of that sequence. Yeah. So when I saw that, those sequences of TikToks, I'm like, oh, I feel seen. Yes. Oh, man. I mean, those the earnestness that's of those so cats delivering those performances. Like, this is what I love. I mean, I don't, you know, Harry Potter is still existing on TikTok, but, like, it's, it's celebrating all the stuff of the film as opposed to, like, JK's kind of stuff, so... Yeah, I, I I I love poking fun at that, those old Chris Columbus ones. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's just like it feels so comfortable. You know, yeah. it's just like, oh. Oh. yeah, um, yeah. I but just remember we, we used to have but, the soundtrack of the Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, um, a sort of soundtrack, and my brother would perform the movie for us. I love uh, it. Uh, including like there was a bit where he would take one of my headbands and he'd draw Voldemort's face oh, on on one of them, and then he'd attach it. To his back of his head, so oh, that he could do the reveal. The quarrel. To turn I love he it. turned around to be quarrel, and it was yeah. like, ah! It was. I remember iconic thinking moment. so. I was so clever when I was a kid. I was like, squirrel, quarrel, <laughs> Snape, snake. I was like, what is that? It's <laughs> nothing. I was just like, <laughs> well, I was like, they're both animals. So I guess he's the one. <laughs> Um, that is uh, nothing. All of this <laughs> I thought it was Quirrell because like Snape is the red herring, so uh, it must be this guy. Squirrel. So that's how I figured. It's Look. like it's the epitome of like you got the answer right, but the way you worked <laughs> it out was yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I saw this thing recently that really upset me. Was that like if if they rebooted Harry Potter now, oh, they would totally cast James Corden as Hagrid, wouldn't they? And mm. that thought is so upsetting well, he'd, he'd in my head. he'd be in there somewhere, you know? Well, he'd exactly. be one of those teachers. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. It's so oh, upsetting. Yeah, it's very upsetting. Yeah. Um, but be, he might be Lockhart. Yeah. He <laughs> no, he's not. 
pretty enough gay, to be locked up. But it's the most gay coded of the teachers. Yeah. It is, but I feel like that would be like someone else. Like God, what if it was like Snipe? <laughs> he was trying to do a serious bit, like he did in the oh, He would be gosh. Hagrid. I just, I, I mean, know it, yeah. yeah. I went ugly for this role. It's yeah. Really, uh, <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, my God. And he'll find a way to sing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, anyways. they'd be like, anyway, it's a Hogwarts ceremony. Let's all join in. But that swimming pool Look. was giving me a reference to cat people with, mm. with the iconic swimming pool. Yeah. I have not seen cat people. I don't uh, know. I think it's enjoy famously it. another, I think like, lesbian-coded film. I see. Like, yeah. It's from the 40s. Um, do we, we have def- any more bottles to talk about? I do, yeah. I do. I just want to quickly talk about J.K. Simmons oh. because we haven't we haven't given him so the yeah, time or space. Few, it's probably about true. 20 minutes into the film when we first meet J.K. Um, and he comes in and he's got a very odd wig and he's got some sort of like mottled skin kind yeah. of texturing going on in his like prosthetics. But I think to me the um, most the most discomforting thing about Seeing J.K. is he has hair, yeah, and not the just wig, hair. The wig it's, is odd, and it's not what it's, you'd expect him it's, to have. It's of length as well. It's, it's I guess curly. It's, it's kind of like a clown wig, but a little bit. Hair. So it's like seeing um, Tom Hanks as um, Robert Langdon for the first time of the uh, of yeah, the. We've got the mullet. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, it's like that kind of shock. Like, oh. like oh, what is that? But kind of suits him a little bit. Look, more, a little he's bit more. leaning in to um, the character that all of these elements are credible because we've he's also got a whole can. Well. Accent. He's got like a Midwestern accent. How the scene starts is like, yeah, he's got the hair. That's a shock enough. He's doing like this kind of like, yeah, Canadian kind of accent. um, But then the hook hand, it like, it's just halfway through very casually. They just like, oh, by the way, and then just sprinkle that little addition in. But it's good because the whole scene he's talking about like, look, I've been through a lot of things and even I've never been through anything as terrible as this tragedy. And And then we see him reveal the hook hand as he gives somebody a tissue. And we're like, that's, you know, there's questions. This is a lot of backstory implied with this character. And, you know, Jonah, oh, that's not his name, J. Jonah Jameson, <laughs> J.K. His na- even J. his K. name Jonah is a joke. Yeah, yeah. Even his name is a joke. Just kidding, Simmons. Um, he's just like the consummate actor for this type of film where it's kind of dry, kind of droll. He's got that kind mm. of delivery where he knows what kind of film he's in. Yeah. Yeah. You feel, you know, safe in his hands. And there was this period of time in the mid-2000s where he and Alison Janney were just like, in everything together. I mean, and like, was Diablo just like, hey, yeah, yeah. my friends. That's why I was like surprised that Allison did not mm. make an appearance mm. here. Probably busy shooting something else. She, yeah, I was going to sure say. Asked her. She, she should have been, she um, been the mum. She should have yeah. been, because there was that one scene where we were wondering where we Jennifer's like, mum was. Jennifer's mother does not show, Jennifer's yeah. parents do not show up at all for <laughs> most I, yeah. of the film. I feel like for the film, another bottle is like, everyone understood the assignment in terms of like the tone. That's what I mean. Like, mm. I think one of the biggest things for me is that this is a fun film. Like, you know, like I had fun, a lot of fun watching yeah, it. I'd and it's like, not just a lot of projection yeah. like it was Mrs. Palfrey. Yeah. It was like, I feel like the like, you know, I don't think any of these performances are gonna be winning awards, but I felt no. like everybody was, it was game. in this game. type yeah. of film, like they understood what sort of film it is and mm. they were all giving it their all. And I think like um, uh particularly with Megan as well, where like some of that culture had like rubbed off of like oh well, can she act you know she's not terrific in the Transformers like but she's she was, effective she's she just was like, really selling those kind of yeah. sequences and it's that thing where like yeah does it does this sort of film rely her to like act act yeah. or does it need her to weaponize her charisma yeah. and star persona and I feel like that's what it <sighs> God, does I love it star really persona well. yeah. I love talking about star persona mm. it's just interesting it's so it's ineffable so do- it's, yeah. it's ineffable like, what is it mm, it just is um, one big bottle for me was um 
Oh, I'm using the word bottle. I know, look at you. Oh, you've got 50 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the soundtrack, which, like, just transported me back to, like, the mid-2000s, like, half of the songs I was uh, singing. Florence and the Machine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hot Chip. You've got, like, White Lies in there. It was just, like, it just took me back to when I was that teen who, like, most of my... Um, like listening consumption was just like indie bands like wall to wall i would like watch these movies like listen to a song and like listen to the whole catalog of that band and if i had seen this movie back then it would be the same thing like the ones that i wouldn't have known i would have like you know sought the artists out and and it just yeah it took me transported me back to a time where yeah my listening was like less you know pop and more Indian. I was trying, trying to find myself, and it was just like a huge like pang of nostalgia for me. <laughs> yeah, um, I think some of the where the needle drops happen, uh, they're quite a surprise. They yeah. like, they go real bold with it, but I think I prefer that to to, to a film making those bold kind of choices. So I'm just like I haven't seen Cruella, but I'm just like what I hear of the soundtrack. I'm just like, haven't we listened to this? like song for like apparently there's a sequence with one way or another and they're doing like mischievous things I'm like have we not heard the song yeah. in film yeah. for the you know millionth time have we heard fortunate son to like signal yeah. the 60s yet again like yeah. come on the like, only person that's allowed to do that is Martin Scorsese with Gimme Shelter or any of the Rolling Stones he's allowed yeah. to do it because he's cornered that market of just like I'm just using these but songs but the thing I love about Martin Scorsese is he doesn't just have those songs he has like songs by the Ronettes and his like mm, Walter yeah. Wilson no, it it's like a huge variety. He's like a huge reference, reverence for the music. Um, whereas some people, they're just like picking out just the greatest hits without any like thought or consideration. It's just like very basic. It's just like yeah. first thought. Yeah. Like, it's like go first beyond that. Right, where you're like, you want like, <sighs> you know, and it's like the, it's almost like the writer put that in in the script. Yeah, and exactly. Then instead of, and because the writer isn't a music specialist. And this is why musical supervision of, is yeah, so important. Yeah, you need a music to choose, okay, that, could do that, but here's the thing that'll work better. And um, it won't be as expensive role. either. Exactly. It's yeah. a very important I mean, uh, To bring it back to Scott Pilgrim. Dream job for me, to be honest. Oh, my God, you'd be a great music yeah. To bring it back awesome. to Scott Pilgrim one more time. Is yeah. That, uh, so recently uh, they released the Brie Larson version of Metrics Black Yes. And, and, and it oh is my popular God. and she kills it oh and my people God. love it still. Just got to say, not a big Brie Larson fan, especially in how she's, I think she's a bit of me where she's turned a bit basic in her latter years, but damn, was she hot and... As Envy Adams and oh, Scott yeah. Pilgrim, the hottest she's ever been. Yeah, and she's, I mean, she's supposed to be, like, this kind of unattainable so ex-girlfriend. Um, yeah, <sighs> she kills that role. It's such yeah. a good sequence. Um, and now she just makes YouTube videos. Well, and she's <laughs> Captain America. I mean, Captain Marvel. Um, oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> but let, <laughs> yeah. let's get to Bananas and kind of talk about, like, yeah, what are the messages so of the song? So I feel take? like most of the discourse on this film that I had heard about it, I think led me to believe that there would be any underlying <laughs> message to it of any kind. Mm. And in fact... There isn't. No, not yeah. at, at all. all. Like it's, it's just not, fun. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of a fun, I guess not slasher, but a fun yeah. kind of horror film type thing. Yeah. I also felt like it would be gayer. And it's I not thought very it would be gay. gay. Yeah. And I, I I've got to say that was a big disappointment. The big disappointment. <laughs> I mean, we picked this specifically be yeah, because it was a queer pick. I know, this is the thing, is I, I think 
thinking back to 2009, and I feel like we were starving for it. I yeah. guess, you know, yeah. Like, where was the lesbian representation in 2009? Yeah, didn't there have was any none. Of that. Yeah. And so I you feel go like with. you go, you take what you can get. You know, yeah, you're like, oh, oh this oh, is oh, one God. of the few films where they actually do make they out. They make out yeah. at one point. Yeah. And, and so you're I mean, like, in okay. sexual positions. Uh, I remember yeah. at the time, everyone, when she says, like, I go both ways, everyone was like, yeah, bisexual! Ah! Because they were like, is a representation! But it's also that thing where, yeah, it's like you're starved of it, so you'll take anything you can get. Yeah, and this is very morsel. much in anything you can get. But even situation. then, I was like, they refer to, like, um, what's her face, Needy, as, like, you know, maybe closeted, but... I feel like she could have played into that more. If, yeah, because like, they weren't was, really yeah. playing into that because they make the, one of the cool relationships mm. is her and her boyfriend. boyfriend who yeah. they, she, I mean, she seems to have a very yeah. like because, loving and nice relationship. Because the tools with. are there. The script does say like you're so connected to. You're yeah, so there obsessed is this kind with her. Of, I don't know. I think it's an it's it's interesting, but it doesn't quite make no. sense or work or say anything in terms of and what it's, it's saying about female friendship and also about female queer sexuality. Yeah, and it kind of is framing any kind of attraction that she feels towards Jennifer as this, like, dark It feels very, like, yeah, of, like it's an evil thing. Ooh. It's associated with bad... And also, like, if we look at the history of their friendship, Jennifer has always been a really nasty, bad person. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're not... Like, I don't want to root for their relationship because no, Jennifer no, is absolutely. kind of awful. Like, even... We go back to their childhood but even, and she's always like, I'm going to be the hot one and you have to play the ugly girl. Like, you know, as kids play yeah. with dolls. And, and I feel like even, like, Jennifer's kind of character, because, like, you know, throughout film history, there's, like, representation of lesbians have been, like, like mm. dark, evil, like uh, the, the character in... Um, uh, Mrs. Trunchbull? Uh, no, from Russia with Love is, like, this, like... Is she a lesbian? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's... She, with the shoe, with the shoe lady. Yeah, the shoe lady. And, like, she's oh. like, oh, my gosh, how how awful. But like, Is this a Dumbledore it, situation where they just say she was a lesbian? No, 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 it's, it's explicitly in the film. Um, but, like, that's why she's... Even, like, I feel like there is a, a right. you know, a, a yeah. long history of, like... That's why they're the band. Yeah, 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 why you exactly. have the coded villains. And right? I wondered if this film would like play into Fall that. into that or play with it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I play with it, but it's kind of like nah, she's she's into yeah. needy, but then it wasn't very it queer really at all. Yeah, this is like, the thing is, I'd also heard that like people, some people view this film through the lens of like uh, like comp head, where it's like you know. Um, society is telling you that you have to be heterosexual and so that is what I is guess. informing all the relationships with this men. But I don't feel no, like that's what the film is saying. The, the film is saying she is bi at like, but at, also evil. I'm like, yeah, I don't need that representation base, very much, the, thanks. Yeah. At like, the base level, if you want to play into that, there, like, there is also that thing of desire of like, do I want to be her or do I want to fuck her? And yeah. even that, even on that level, it doesn't it deliver. It doesn't quite work because yeah. it's like we don't see what's so desirable about Jennifer other than exactly. her body. Like, yeah, other than exactly, that she's yeah. physically yeah. attractive looking. But, like, I don't think Needy wants to be that girl either. Yeah, she doesn't like, seem, like, jealous of her in that way. Like, if it would make sense if Jennifer had a boyfriend, she was the, like, single, mm. like, always single one. You know, like, you know, she she's cheer captain and she's on the bleachers. Yeah, but it's... it's that economy. It's, but it's this thing where it's, like, they're tight, but, like, you know, Jennifer... Oh, my God, is the video for You Belong With Me Jennifer's body? Oh, my God. <laughs> it would be a good twist in the song. I know. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, the friendship that they have, in fact, is just, like, this is a really toxic friendship where Jennifer's yeah. very possessive of Needy because she's obsessed with her um, and that's why she you know wants to kill all the boys that she likes and when she becomes evil but it's sort of and it, and it implies that before she turned evil and became a demon she was already really weirdly obsessed with um, Jennifer with Needy, Needy and Needy, was really sorry. nasty to Chip like she was like pushing him around yeah. Yeah. and things like that but it's like that doesn't but we don't see what Needy gets out of this friendship like why she 
yeah. like what their connection it's is. It's a bit muddled. Sort of, and, it, and it feels like, again, it's just like a really negative portrayal of this like closeted but also mm. obsessive and over like, yeah, like kind of, um, yeah, like she's sort of got this possessive attitude towards yeah, her. Yeah, I'm like, which if feels that like is really the psychology, yeah. like let me thing. into that. Because yeah. it's yeah. like, yeah. I didn't if really see. If it's obsessive, like give me yeah. something. Like, yeah, I didn't see like what. Yeah, why Needy would stay with her because she just says the most reprehensible stuff. Also, like, I just the crack up of like them going back to the childhood like flashbacks, uh, and the camera work is all like hazy. It's all like the golden memories yeah. of childhood. And the, the girls meadows. are just like they're like you know they haven't been placed into these boxes yet <laughs> that they are now as young adults, but they're still like. Um, what's her face? Jennifer is like, I'll play cool Barbie and you be ugly Ashley. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, and okay. the thing about having like a toxic friend that you need to cut out of your life, it's pretty interesting and like, oh it's my maybe God. what they were like looking But they didn't really go into that. Yeah, you know? it's like, not they like, fuck off. You and, killed and, my and boyfriend. And it's like, it seems like they're trying to do too many things because I feel like they want yeah. to have this idea of this toxic friendship, but yeah. also they want to have this idea of closeted queer love. And they and can't do both like, those things at the same time because they're at odds with each other. And then other. being like powerful and empowered and stuff like that and sexually like active and stuff. Yeah, because she's sort of like a succubus type mm, demon yeah. when she tries to seduce these guys before she... But like the thing is, like, I don't know, I think because Anna Brody's in both of them, it's sort of you're thinking about the like promising young woman yeah, style sure. thing where it's, you know, about like, or like I guess what the implication of that um, yeah, and that's, trailer sort of that's thing how it's I, like a woman that's going to kill all these bad guys. Well, yeah. Whereas here, all of her victims are like perfectly nice people. Yeah. Like the emo boy is, just seems really nice. He's friends with 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 Needy in their creative writing class, yeah. and yeah. she just tricks him. And so she's just evil. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she I, just gets him, and I, it's like, but we don't want this boy to die, so we're not on her side at any point for that. Yeah. You know? I had that view <laughs> of the promising young woman thing, uh, which me- led me to fatally misunderstand the movie for a, a key section. Yeah. I thought Jennifer's body. She was just evil from the start. I James was like, thought she was a cool. demon the whole way. Cool. She must be evil. She goes to the concert, right? She's evil dead. And so I just had Promising Young Woman, like that kind of frame in the forefront of my mind. So yeah. there's these gross dudes looking for virgins and stuff. And Megan... She's going to like take revenge on them Yeah, and somewhere. Jennifer is like seemingly acting like really like, oh, wow, I really like that guy and I'm super keen to, like, meet him and stuff. And I thought she was acting and then go along and then she'd be like, rah, 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 fucking kill these dickheads. And then she turns up and, like, uh, hangs out with Amanda Zayfried and vomits some some stuff. And I was like, cool, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I had a completely different film in my mind, which maybe could have been a more interesting film. It's a better film. Because yeah. she's going around going, cool, I'm going to dispatch these dickheads. Because, I mean, everyone, when they saw the trailer for Promising Young Woman, they thought that's what the film was going to be. And we're like, cool, I'm there for it. Which yeah. Again, it also be. was in that film. Yeah. I think what that yeah. film actually is is a much better film yeah. than this film. Yeah, yeah. But, like, but some people really dislike Promising Young Woman. Yeah, it yeah. just turns out, it isn't that. Turns yeah. out that she yeah, is just hungry for yeah. her next sacrifice. And she just, and needs, she just needs to feed on somebody. Also, here's to... a logic problem. Um, where's the police force? Where's the investigation? I know. Where are the, where are no the parents? Well, this is the thing. As I see, like, it's she's a serial a really killer bad, on the loose. She's and a she's... really bad murderer because she literally, in the hallway, at like all of the kids are around in high school, she says to Colin, the emo boy, like, oh, come over to my house tonight. I'll text you my address. Like, Nettie heard that, but also, like, so many other people could have heard that. Yeah. So also, if you we see know Colin's that phone, that, yeah, like, you would she see. She texted him. Yeah. So, like, the last place Jennifer. that he, the person that he was with was her. And yet nobody at any point questions her or is like, you know, 
yeah, it's, there's there, no there active no investigation, investigation for the serial killer. Well, with... and, and, and everyone knows what Colin's body looks like. They call it lasagna with teeth. And I'm like, cool, so if you guys know that, then surely the cops know that. And uh, The cops what are have you been doing? here, but what are they doing? I mean, they're just very bad cops, I guess. The yeah. Yeah. Devil's Axe or whatever it's called. What is it? Devil's Knife? Devil's, Devil's kettle. kettle. Devil's Kettle. And oh, then which, which Adams this... Brody, the, this... this um, a recurring like joke that he mis like misremembers it as Lake. Devil's Lake, which in his like this scene where he's murdering Jennifer, he actually calls it Devil's Kettle correctly. So I guess he had it written down. Yeah, he had it written but, down on the paper. And there's this yeah. like strange, which I kind of liked, but it's kind of odd. Yeah. So the like, setting for the town is the the Devil's, the kettle, Devil's waterfall, kettle, which is like a big waterfall, and then there's like basically just a portal that goes nowhere. You know, but it goes nowhere. But then later on, Nitty just finds where it comes out conveniently. You know, who yeah. should have been the cop, Chris Pratt. Yeah, because Chris he was Pratt is a cop character, <laughs> and like it comes up at one point that he's sleeping with Needy. Yeah, no, no he's sleeping with sorry with Jennifer. Yeah, um, and then he never comes back again. No. And we, we, he died in the fire. <laughs> and yeah. there was a point where she's like, "Ah, uh, I can get away with murder because I'm sleeping with one of the cadets in the yeah. police force." So yeah, I guess yeah. maybe that's why there was no investigation. But we needed to see yeah. that yeah. or like have that character come back. Should we should we talk about the dialogue uh, as well? Because yes, one thing, yes. uh, one I found with Scott Pilgrim as well, the comic books and. Uh, similar to this is just like how first off like how like dated some elements of dialogue kind of is even from like well the arseless well, like, it's very American of the thousands but also still uh, bad yeah, and I don't like it slurs and also just like plays on the arseless there's a word that people still use to say that's lib with that suffix yeah. and I'm like don't say that that's yeah. so um, dumb which is like that's a microcosm of that kind of time period yes, but, but like generally around Here's right. what I will say is that I think it worked better in Juno. Yes. Whereas, because I think that's what Juno is. The character is that quirky. What's well, a simpler story? Character. It's a simpler story. I think it fits into like the world that she creates more in you know in, in Juno. Mm. Whereas here it's just like kind of out of place that she would have all these references for references sake or just have these like weird um I know turns of phrase. Without, turns it doesn't of phrase really f- that they say that like it's everybody knows the slang in the town, yeah. and you're like, but what is this? Sl- like yeah. this is an existing slang. Because I think I think she's still like what happened here is because like she shows a lot more restraint in like things like young adult later on in her career, where mm. it's still di- distinctly her voice, and it's still smart, and she still has turns of phrase that are like clever, and it's like you know funny like humorous kind of things where you're like oh that's clever um whereas here she's still from the high of juno where a lot of her success came from that really quirky dialogue yeah where i think you know she probably took that and she was like this is what people like about my writing put it in a doublet yeah exactly so double down where it didn't really fit the the world so for juno it was so tied up in the character it literally worked maybe it was like a 50 50 batting average for me for what it was here and it yeah, mm. sometimes it really didn't. There was this phrase, uh, this word that she imbued with like a different with salty, which now in 2021 is I've funny. Got a because meaning. salty means bitter, salty means petty, salty means like <laughs> in, incensed in some way. Yeah, salty means holding aggrieved. onto a grudge. Yeah, exactly. Whereas here, it, she means it to use Beautiful, it to be hot. hot. Like, and she, like, she has me to explain yeah. it to um, Chip. I feel at like one that was a note, well. right? That it was a producer note. <laughs> yeah. Like, probably you're going to have to get them to explain uh, this. Slight, slight, slight little tangent, but it's 
it's two gold, uh, not two. Cass has put me on a podcast uh, with Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd. Oh, it is very good. It's, uh, called, it's called The, the, Friendship, the Onion. Friendship Onion. It is just and, our oh, two mates shooting the okay. shit. I, I love it. it. Why I bring it up, though, is that Dominic Monaghan uh, thinks episode. he knows what thirst traps are called. And he's like, yeah, it's what you put up in a... Like, I've never media. heard of a first thirst yeah, trap. Billy Boyd Tell me, what, what does it mean? And he's like, oh, so, so what it is, is like, if you want to put up something on social media that's kind of interesting and you want to get a reaction from it. So <laughs> you might put up a man shirtless. And it's like, okay, cool. You, We're that's like, good. good. You got it's it. Like, or like sneakers or like a car. <laughs> We're like, oh, you're like, oh, you're almost there, Dom. You're but so you're close. Not quite. And Billy's just like, oh, I've learned something today. And oh. I'm like, you haven't. You haven't. You've learned wrong. Like, <laughs> but check out the Friendship Onion. I mean, they don't it's need a shout out. That's be, great. I'm sure they've got many, many listeners already. Uh, but, listeners you know, us, but it's, it's, it's fun. It's charming. Um, <laughs> yeah, it really does. Who writing does kind of... It's not stick out like a sore thumb, but yeah. it's like it's just not kind of. Yeah, it just guess, feels a bit tired because I yeah. think something that was fresh for one film, it is, yeah. it's it's aged. And to the point where it's good that she like, is oh, okay. a, a good enough writer to know. Okay, it didn't work that mm, that mm. time. Let's refine it. Let's show some yeah. restraint. And she's grown up as well, so it's you know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just think this film, like, yeah, I feel like this is a film where I want to just put my hands in there and and, and <laughs> yeah. do a lot, some edits to it because yeah. I can see what this film could be, mm. like, with this really premise. Because I think mm. there is a really good film in there. And it's like, yeah, just the premise of using this star power, using, like, focusing on this, like, queer female friendship yeah. that may be, you know, like, and, fo- and, and really going there in terms of making us root for Jennifer as mm. opposed to what this film does do, which is just, like, Jennifer's actually the baddie yeah. the whole way through. Well, we have no sort of sense We of just get two baddies. Her. We just get, like, this, like, larger baddie who we don't really focus on, the boy band. And, and then, I don't, and then I, she's don't also, la- I don't find Needy that compelling. Yeah, it's the thing. It's, like, uh, because we don't have, like, she's not such a great hero, yeah, but we love like, her. Yeah, or just, like, we don't, like, she doesn't even have, like, again, like, in a queer story, sometimes, like, when you see someone who's questioning, you're pulled into that story. But because we don't get a sense that she's actually that yeah, interested yeah, exactly. in Jennifer yeah. because her boyfriend character, their relationship is portrayed in so such happy. like a... Yeah. yeah, like they're really into each other and they seem really... Like, and he seems really lovely. Yeah. yeah, and the bit where she does make up with Jennifer, she's just like, they kiss her a bit and then, and then she's, she's like, like what are we doing? Yeah, like, we get as like seeds. Like, you know, they used to play mother and father oh. in the bed. Like, just see, oh, it's so, so stupid. But, yeah. yeah, and it just... play into that thing of, like, if Jennifer and, and Needy have known each other for years and this chip, like, is this new boyfriend, it's like, yeah, he should be feeling isolated on the outside and, like, they have, like, this... Yeah, this I think bond of, like, like knowing each other and not understanding to each be other. cliche, but I think it would be a lot more interesting if she was like you know obsessed with Jennifer. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, Chip is just there, maybe as a beard, maybe as or like, it's like, do, why do we need Chip? Yeah, why exactly. Why do we need this yeah. character? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like if we are making it about this, yeah, because I think part of what I had sort of heard the sort of story of this movie being, and I found was not what the story one ended up being of this film is that it's Jennifer killing these men to kind of protect her friend yeah. kind of yeah. thing and that that sort of but and I feel it's like that would make all. sense if there is this level of that that moral ambiguity for Needy if mm. she's like I love Jennifer I want to protect her but also she is killing a lot of people uh, and I kind of have to balance those things whereas there is no moral ambiguity here it's just mm. she's like oh my god Jennifer's turned evil yeah. and now she's evil and she's killing people and I've got to stop her. Like, there's no... Yeah, and your pitch is, like, a lot more yeah. of a social kind of commentary on there's, It's something the interesting. It's saying something. Yeah. And it could still be <laughs> and it could still be saying something about, like, you know, because I think at some point in that story you do have to be like, okay, at some point 
Yeah. They're going to have to turn on each other because she is killing lots of men. Yeah, and that's, that's not good. Like, <laughs> and there's a certain point where it's yeah, like she's taking there, things there too was, far. And I think there, there could be a lot of commentary yeah, and a lot of I mean, it's similar to like Heathers and stuff like that, movies, which is exactly. yeah. going for something going and for something, it still doesn't yeah. fully articulate it, which I think but the also, musical improves all, upon. All your mm. movie is, is that one line that you've like highlighted in the beginning section, hell is being a teenage girl. Yeah, like well, hell is a teenage hell girl, is a teenage which girl. is, I think, a different thing because hell is oh, being yeah, sure, a teenage yeah. girl is, means something very yeah. different from hell is a teenage girl. I guess, mm. but yeah, I yeah. think I wanted more of that where it's just like... You want hell is being a teenage yeah. girl, you know? Yeah, you want to, you want a window in and it just, <sighs> uh, I'm just like, I want to fix this. I want to fix this yes, film. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's just, I... Awesome. There, <laughs> were so many, like... there were so many parts of the movie, though, where it's just like she would give, just give a look and I was like, okay, Brutal by Olivia Rodrigo is going to drop right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that riff. Well, the remake is, yeah, yeah. you can yeah. get it rolling. Anya Taylor-Joy and Hayley Steinfeld. <laughs> oh, and Zendaya. Anya and Zendaya. That, those would be my mm-hmm. two for Jennifer and um, Needy. Yeah. Nice. Even though... I can see that. Yeah. Would Zendaya be Jennifer? Well, who's who? Yeah, Zendaya yeah. would be Jennifer. Yeah, Absolutely, right. yeah. 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 Uh, I like Hayley Seinfeld, though. I think that's good, too. Yeah. yeah. How old are they, though? They're around the same age. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I think Hayley was around 13 and with uh, True Grit, so that mm. was, like, 2010, so she'd be 24, 25 now, and I'm assuming Zendaya and Anya are, like, early 20s, like early 20s, so... Yeah. And I, Amanda and Megan were They're in the same like age. Ariana Grande yeah. can have a cameo. Like. Oh, that could it could be Ariana Grande as well, like... Mm. Oh, she's, she's yeah. the musical be, version. This, yes. I think this would be a great musical, I would yeah, say. Jennifer's Body. body. But Jennifer's Body musical, I think, yeah, it it would need again script changes, and I, yeah. but I I definitely I definitely go there with that. Yeah, I, I mean they've fun. done Evil Dead. I am craving yeah. for the next breakout teen girl movie. Mean Girls has been referenced and done to death. And like, Mean Girls has a... aged not so well. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I mean, now we're throwing it back again to Heathers and Clueless, and I'm like, they've had their moment in the sun, too. We need a new one. Heathers aged immediately poorly. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, But it sounds like we are at a stage where we are ready to get to bag. We're going to put that body in the bag? Mm. (laughs) Or we're going to biff it it into the giant hole? (laughs) Bag. Or boots. I'll go first. Um, Yeah, so this one is sadly a biff for me. Mm. Like, I really hope... I think the movie that I had sort of heard it was going to be would definitely have been a bag. Mm. And even though I feel like I like the campy tone, I like, you know, the fact that they chose to weaponize Megan Fox's star power for this role, I think is a really strong choice. And there were elements of it that were really funny. Um, I just feel like as a whole, it's it's a movie that doesn't know what it's saying. It doesn't know what it's Mm. really about. And I think just as a pure, like popcorn kind of slashery type, you know, Evil Dead style like film, I, I feel like it didn't, that's not, I guess that's not really my type of film enough that it could work on that level solely enough for me yeah. to like it. Um, so for that reason, it is a biff. Well, I will go next because you kind of said exactly why I am a bag, <laughs> is that uh, it, this kind of film is exactly the kind of stuff that, that I do like, um, that kind of Evil Dead kind of vibe. I, I love the horror genre and I love that this was, 
yeah, a lot funnier than I expected it to be. Everyone understood the assignment and was on the same page of it. Um, I do think it's really disappointing that this wasn't like, this could have been like a grade A, like great film, but I think it's like a good film that you can yeah, flick I on. Think... Um, which weirdly, which we haven't mentioned on Disney Plus, uh, available to stream. Yeah. And I know it's the Fox kind of merger. That's Actually why it's Actually bought all of Megan Fox's films yeah. when they yeah. did that. Uh, that was, you know, that's how exactly. Was, yeah. All that's, of the Fox merger. Yeah. That's how she got into the um, industry, you see. Yeah. Yeah, but you can chuck this on. Like, you you can have a really great time with this film. Yeah. Not a great time, a really good time. Like, yeah. it, you could watch this with some friends, popcorn, beer, like, or whatever. And uh, We didn't have popcorn or beer. That's no. quite sad. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sadly. So it's a bag for me. Yeah, Megan Fox and her great-grandfather 20th century. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also kind of want to quickly shout out someone in the cast you want to talk about. She didn't really have a big role, but it's always nice to see Amy Sedaris pop up and stuff. Even though she really could have been, like, funnier. Like, she yeah, didn't really get, like, really a weird role. Like, what is this random, like, one scene? Very one, A lot of one-scene wonders yeah. in this Also, film. can I say the costume design... <laughs> For one second, like again, lots of two thousands. Um, Very two thousands. Like a lot of the hideous dresses. Awful like, low rise jeans. But the eighties prom dress that they settled. They, they never, they never oh. explained it, and she's wearing huh. this like bright hot pink also, puff sleeve. It felt like a reference to Carrie. Was, uh, yeah, not, but it's not, like, not quite. Why? Not not the dress. No, yeah. not definitely the, dress. the gunk on her. Fi- but like the dress was very eighties to me. I was just like, that's probably her mum's dress. Everyone else was wearing th- those two thousand prom dresses were looked a bit more modern but she had the yeah. poofy sleeves she had the bright pink it was and even was her like hair a, was done quite yeah, 80s and, style and the mullet kind of cut of yeah. dress yeah. Again, like, it felt like a decision that was like it's a strong choice but yeah, I don't it's know very why visually they made it. kind yeah. of like you can see that um and also uh, Megan Fox prom dress also hideous terrible but i guess with her period boa, appropriately this terrible mosquito net boa oh, yeah. <laughs> just like oh we didn't finish making the boa here's the insides of it we didn't put the feathers on yet <laughs> Uh, I also just love the description of Megan Fox when she eats humans and when she's satiated, she's like all glowy yeah. <laughs> and her hair is bouncy. Yeah. And when she's not, she's ugly for her, <laughs> which is one <laughs> of the best is, lines just, in the movie. Yeah, Megan Fox without makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> um, before James so quickly um, swiped in, I was actually going to say the same exact thing. I think, um, yes, I do agree that this does not work on that really like you know good film level and probably does not deserve the you know critical reappraisal mm. that it has um gained but if it was rated correctly when it was first um released or we the, you know the the way in which we review female and female centric and mm. teenage girl films if that had been like you know we were a bit more aware of how we were supposed to you know approach these stories and approach this um, kind of genre, then, you know, maybe it didn't need the critical replays and it would have just been read correctly the whole time. Um, but again, it does. I would gladly put this on in the, again and, and just watch it on a rainy day and just like, you know, laugh and like you scream and, you know, enjoy, take it all in. So I think mm-hmm. on that, you know, purely popcorn level, 
It's a bag for me. Jennifer's nice. body is in the it's bag. It's in the body of the, the bag. bag. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, again, another split, but this, this, That's you know. That's a good split, I think. Yeah, well, like, last yeah. last week, it, you know, it split for the biff, and this, this week it split for the <laughs> bag. bag. Yeah. Uh, we should say we uh, briefly alluded to it, but we did not say uh, what it was. I just want to do a little promo corner over yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cassandra's uh, show, That's All She Wrote, where she uh, stars in. Along James with is Cassandra's no show. James is also the director of this show, so yes. it's also James's yeah. show. So yes. this show I mean, is about a woman it. who um, eats people. <laughs> and <laughs> and then she, uh, she writes and writes? I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. If you like musical theatre, if you like cabaret, um, then you should come along and see it. It's on at Te Awaha, uh, from the 7th to the 10th of July. Um, and we have a matinee in there as well. That's all our Wellington friends if people want to come to Wellington, so, New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, I mean, travel down to Wellington, it's worth the, worth the trip. Absolutely. And um, it is, uh, the title alludes uh, to that common kind of phrase of, of uh, women writing, and the show celebrates female and non-binary writers in musical theatre. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a love letter to, to them and to musical theatre in general. Yeah, we'll be hyping that up again next episode. We don't know I what think. we're doing. <laughs> what are we going to do? Oh. Um, Who knows? But the best way to find out what is on our brains is on social media. So follow us on Mixbag Pod and Mixbag Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mm. All right. All right. Well, that's us, everybody. That's our 50th episode. Wow. And no sign-off. We still don't have a sign-off. We should... It's a new era. We should come up so with actually, one off So, actually, if you want to write, up, uh, write into mixbagcontact at gmail.com with ideas for a potential sign-off... No, nobody does it, though. Uh, or, nobody um, emails. Well, or, just come or, up or, with or one. Or just, you know, add us on Twitter, or we'll, Pod, you know, about a sign-off for well, a podcast. What likely is going to happen is we're going to try out a few things in the next few episodes yeah. and see what sticks. We, so, um... So we, what do we, well, there's the crumple up of the bag of like, oh, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. <gasps> oh! Yes. Well, okay. you know, ignore everything else that we okay, said. Okay, so sorry, we're taking our idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. don't, so, don't... happy 50th birthday, mixed bag, and that's, that's a wrap. <laughs> you like those flicks? Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.